What if I told you loving yourself could change your life? It can, and I know from experience. I'm Lo, and this is the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast. Everyone is worthy of self-love and guilty of letting others develop narratives about you. It's time to shut that down and own your narrative. Let's cut out the negativity and let yourself shine. It's never too late to love yourself inside out. Hey, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast. It's me, Lo. All right. Last week, we talked about ending relationships with friends and how hard that can be and what that's all about. But that's not always going to be something we can do. You can't end every relationship, nor should you want to. I mean, friends, family, relationships, they're going to exist always. So it's figuring out how to navigate those so they're serving you correctly and that you feel comfortable in them. Because the last thing we want is you to have a friend or a family member relationship That's just a strain. And you know what I'm talking about. It's it's that one where you're just feeling a little like down. You're not quite yourself. You're not comfortable. Maybe you feel like you're walking on eggshells. You know that feeling where you're just, you're not 100% you. And that's not the kind of relationship you want. We all need to be able to be 100% ourselves all the time. That's what loving yourself is all about is being able to show your true, genuine self. And there's a lot of different reasons why maybe you're not feeling safe to really let people see who you are. And so this, even though I'm not going to get into everybody's problems because there's so many different magnitudes and things that are going on, I and I'm not in that line of field, so I'm not even going to start there, but you can set boundaries. That's one thing I believe in. I know they work. I've done it myself. Boundaries can be set with either family, it can be set with friends, coworkers, I mean, you name it. Boundaries are there to give you that little buffer or security you need to feel comfortable and to be able to act how you want to act. It's all about choosing it. They can be really big or they can be really small. You know, taking time off from someone for a little bit, maybe silencing your phone during certain hours of the day or at night. If you just, you're one of those people like me sometimes who's just like worn out at the end of the day because. You've been expending all that energy you have towards your passions, towards your work, career, whatever it is you're doing, that by the end of the night, sometimes you just can't be there for others. You're like, I'm shot. My my brain is done. I'm on overload. I need to decompress. It's okay not to answer a text or pick up the phone. I'm giving you all permission right now. You are allowed to silence the ringer, the vibrate that happens on your phone. You're allowed to flip it over so you don't even see the screen light up can do all of that. It feels so amazing. I, I urge you to try it once. But there's also things like standing up to someone when they're maybe taking advantage of you or talking to you in a way that you just don't like. And when you're meeting new people, you know, they may not even realize that they're doing it, or maybe it's long-established friendships, and that's just the way the dynamic's been for years, where there's this off-balance. Or maybe it's a family member, and you're afraid to say something, but every time you talk to them, you feel when you're done, you're like, oh, do they even like me? You know, they're talking down to me or they're always lecturing me or they're, you know, cutting me down slightly during these conversations. So you're allowed to let them know, highlight it in a positive way. It's all about being positive. Because if you're going to start picking at somebody from negative or telling them, don't do this to me, I don't like this, you know, it's going to rub them the wrong way. They won't be receptive to what you 
are trying to say. The message is going to get lost. You guys are both going to escalate. And then you're going to go on this downwards cycle of just an elevated situation. When in reality, you really could have a great conversation, get your point across in the right way. And maybe they'll just listen. If they don't, that's on them, not you. You voiced your concern, but that's when if a boundary's broken, you're allowed to step away or make a bigger boundary. So why it's really hard to set boundaries. So boundaries, they sound kind of, they have like a negative connotation, right? If you're thinking, I'm putting this boundary in place, it's usually to stop somebody from doing something. Or, you know, today we always are say like, the sky is the limit, you can do whatever, you can reach for the stars. And now we're saying like, we're putting a boundary on it. If somebody tells you, oh, you can't do that, it's a boundary. So boundaries come across as this negative connotation, especially when you're trying to give one to a family member or a friend. When you're putting a boundary in place, it's not usually for a good reason. So they're perceived as not good. When people realize boundaries are being put in place, they're going to feel like, I don't know, maybe a disciplinary action of sort is happening, a punishment for something they did. So there's going to be a negative feeling. And you've got to watch for that and accept what they're feeling, right? That's the whole thing. When you love yourself, you want to be heard and you want to be felt and you want to be validated. And you have to remember they're on that same journey as you are. And even though you're the one putting the boundary in place and this is about you, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to really go for what you need to feel safe and good. But you've got to acknowledge at least, okay, they're not going to like this. Let me be prepared for that kind of an interaction and I'll dress it accordingly. But also boundaries, you may have tried them in the past. You know, when you're younger, you test the boundaries. We all hear about kids who are, you know, doing this or trying this and testing to see how far they can get with something. So throughout life, even if you're not really acknowledging it, you're trying different boundaries all the time. And you probably didn't get great feedback, especially when you were younger and you were testing the boundary to see how far you could push something. You probably got told no. There may have been a timeout involved, a, I don't know, a stern talking to you, your toy was taken away, like all these different things could have happened. And you feeling that, even at that young age, probably is carrying with you. So already in your mind too, you're like, oh, if I test this boundary, if I try really hard to put this in place and say, here's my line, here's my invisible fence, like we're not crossing this, you might already yourself be feeling anxious about it or it's not going to work. They're not going to allow me to place this boundary because when I did it before and when I was growing up and trying it, I kept getting told no when there was punishment for it. So that's why it's kind of hard to place boundaries. But they are really important and you do need to set them. So try setting them in the right way. Boundaries should be set when you're trying to protect yourself, when you're trying to help build or strengthen yourself, or when you really need to help educate someone how to treat you correctly. So I've set boundaries both as a child and as an adult. And I want to say before I dig into these stories that boundaries come with potential repercussions, just like the timeout that you may have gotten as a child or the toy taken away. As an adult, 
those things happen too. Maybe not like that. Like nobody's going to put you in timeout as an adult. Well, I don't know. In most cases, that won't be the end result. But if you're thinking about it, when you're putting a boundary on a relationship as an adult, you're saying, I need X to happen so I feel safe. The other person is saying, this person's doing this to me because they don't like me or they don't like what I do. They're going to know, right? The minute you put a boundary in place, the other person's going to know. And there could be the result of time missed in a case when you're, you know, taking time off for somebody. Or there can be this shift in the relationship. Like the relationship may never quite be the exact same because the other person may feel like trust was lost. Or they may feel hurt by the boundary you put in place that they're like, this person had to put a boundary in place to be my friend or my family member and interact with me. And so they may shift how they interact with you moving forward, even if the boundaries are moved down the road and a lot of progress has been made. There still could be that, you know, shift in the dynamic that just can't be recovered from. So it's good to think about all those things. And so, oh gosh, got to get into my stories of kind of when I've set boundaries and I do want to share them, but just know all of this is like super personal to me and things. So here we go. So when I was younger, I took a break from my dad for a little bit. And today I realized that maybe the boundary I put in place you know, as I was younger, was not the right one to put in place. And this is why I'm sharing this story with you is because I learned now that a lot of time was lost. A lot of memories that could have been made weren't because I put up this stop. You know, I told you my parents um, had been gotten divorced when I was in grade school. My emotions were high. We had moved into you know, a new state. I had repeated fourth grade twice. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back to the first episode and you'll hear a little bit about where this is coming from. But a lot of change had happened. And as a younger kid or in grade school, you know, it's hard moving away from family and friends that you knew in a different state and getting new friends and family. And when it wasn't the smoothest onboarding because in fourth grade, you know, that's when teasing starts. It was a tough time in general. But then to add that once you did move, your parents are getting divorced, it adds this other layer. And I totally appreciate and respect that they got divorced because being an adult now and, you know, in my own relationship, I can't even imagine what they were going through if it wasn't going right. You know, like you live with that person every day. You're with them. So I totally get that. And I'm glad they did it because that's what they both needed to do. I mean, in fact, they both said, pretty big boundaries they needed to not be married. So I get it. I appreciate it. But when that happened, you know, even though I was okay with it back then, I remember being okay with it because I knew, you know, kids aren't, you know, they're very aware. They, they know what's going on. So when there's discord in the home or things are a little off, they pick up on it. And so I was aware. I, can't say it was a surprise, but I think I just 
didn't know how to fully react to it. I probably had some anger that I didn't realize was there looking back, but I think I was just overwhelmed. So I took a, you know, a temporary break from talking to my dad for a little bit. In a way, I think it was easier for me to try to process everything that was happening. But I just have to tell you, the reason why I'm even sharing that I had this break with my dad was because today we have a wonderful relationship. You know, everything went back, and luckily we were able to recapture everything we had because I was a kind of daddy's girl. Like, I loved hanging out with him, and we did so many cool things together, and I have so many great memories of going to, it was called Rawhide Ranch, and, you know, we rode horses, and I even showed a pony and a horse, and we didn't own horses, but it was this great, like, father-daughter weekend event, and you know, we would do a ton of things together. Um, we were in Indian princesses. So he had a huge role in my life. And then I couldn't process it. And it was easier for me to just cut it out so I could, you know, wrap my mind around everything that was going on. But today, you know, looking back, I'm sad about it. Like, it is what it is now, right? I can't go back and rewind the tape and I can't you know, change anything that happened then. I can only improve what's happening now and, you know, keep working to grow and include him in everything. But it's like on both ends, there are moments that were missed in that, you know, this little time that this break happened. It's like wasn't at the games and stuff. And it was my doing. And he might still have shown up because he wanted to and stuff, but it's, you know, it wasn't the same. It wasn't like I was talking to him all the time. And had I known what I know today, I wouldn't have set that boundary back then. But hindsight, it's always 2020. Like it is for sure. So I grew a ton from that. But I want to warn you because when you lose time with somebody, if you're setting the boundary of I'm taking a break from this person because I need to, whatever it is, figure it out, just know that time is going to be lost. It's going to move on. Things are going to happen and that person's not going to be like in the time span with you all fully. They might on the fringe know what's happening and obviously stay up to date and be involved that way, but it's not the same. So really consider before you make a strong boundary. I would consider that a large boundary. That was a very large boundary that I made at probably too young of an age. But I was very headstrong, independent. I, I am still that way. Like it, if I feel one way, like that is how it's going. <laughs> I am very confirmed in things that I feel or ways that I'm going. And I can pretty much talk myself into being 100% or a million percent on board with my own decision. So there was no changing my mind or forcing me into a situation. Um, I needed to get there on my own. And I was appreciative he gave me the space to do so because like I said, we were able to 100%, a million percent rebound. I keep throwing that a million percent, but it's true. It, we were, we're good now. We're, there, it's like no time passed when we did reconnect and you know, really fully reinvest in each other's lives. In fact, that first time that we got back together, it was one of my best memories. So it was really great. And so this is a very positive outcome to setting a boundary and being able to successfully navigate it. But the other person has to be on board to let you do that as much as it's hurting them. Because 
let's say he wasn't or somebody else. Let's let's change it to another scenario. You know, if you do this to a friend or a family member and they're not okay with you needing space or taking that time to process what you need to process, they may say, yeah, it was cool. We hung out a lot. We used to do, you know, all these activities together, these dinners, these things. But I'm over it. I've moved on. I found another friend. I have another outlet that kind of not necessarily fully replaced you, but kind of replaced you. And they're there for me. They're showing up. They didn't stop showing up. They cared about me the full way through where you kind of said, I can't right now. And it's a harsh reality to face. I mean, I told you I love reality TV. So Real Housewives is a great example of that happening. If you look at some of those dynamics, especially on the Jersey seasons where they have family members involved, like sister-in-laws or sisters, I mean, there is still places where boundaries were set, lines were crossed, and the sisters just aren't communicating still to this day in the way that they were. So all things to think about when you're setting those really large boundaries. And I kind of said already, but a, short, a smaller boundary that I set a lot is I don't pick up the phone if I'm not in the right headspace. And I know sometimes people might be like, oh, she doesn't pick up the phone. And maybe on their end, they're like, okay, probably available. But sometimes if I'm not fully in the right headspace to have that conversation or be present in the way I should be, I just don't pick it up. It's better for the person, even though they may not think it at the time, because they wouldn't get the full me anyway. They might get a distracted me. They might get one who's not willing to listen or hear because I, I'm like, I'm in my own head about my own thoughts on what's going on, or maybe I'm overwhelmed with my own things. And it's not great talking to somebody who just can't be there for you. So when you're setting boundaries, make sure you're setting appropriate ones and set them so they're going to be beneficial in the long run. But in cases where you do have to set a big boundary or it is with a family member, you know, or a really close friend, just try to communicate. Like I would urge if you're going to set a larger one where you're giving yourself space or you're really trying to, you know, think things through and you need time. I would just communicate up front fully, like be transparent in the boundary. Don't just ghost them. What you don't want to do is you guys go to lunch, you do these things, you are on the phone, you know, interacting on social, wherever it is. And then one day you're just not, you just, you're not picking up, you know, you're not responding to email, text, you're not commenting on social. Don't ghost them. That's not the right way to do this. Have that honest conversation with them and if you don't know that you can do that or it's going to be really hard, maybe have a mutual person there with you that knows both of you or go to a mutual setting where you can talk and there's other people around like a restaurant or something public. Um, so things can get contained more. And if you need to, you can leave when you're in neutral territory, you know, because some of these can be really tricky. But be try to be as transparent as you can, because even if they don't like the boundary, if they understand where you're coming from, they might be able to have compassion around it or empathy towards you. And even though it's really tough on them, they might be able to support you in the way you need and let you have that space so there isn't long-term damage done. The boundaries are tricky. I recommend starting small, 
don't try to just knock out a big one if you've never set a boundary or if you can't recall boundaries that you've set. But think through, you know, if there's ever a situation or something where maybe you could have set one but didn't in the past and you're like, oh, this would have been great for me to limit my conversation with them to five minutes on the phone or, you know, set a timer. If that if that's what it is where you do want to talk to them but you, you don't want to cut it off but you can't be there for hours or whatever it is if somebody's kind of draining in that way where they always call you for advice or they always are asking you for this and you're like I can't always be the one giving 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 at least that's your perception of what's going on maybe you set that timer and be like okay on the phone we're only going to chat you know five ten minutes max when we're in person that's different I'm open to it I'm going on a day when I'm in a good headspace to be that support for them or listen to them and maybe that's what you need to do, and that's perfectly fine. But don't go ripping off this huge Band-Aid if you haven't really acknowledged if you've set a boundary before, because that's where it gets tricky. You might, you're in your emotion. You're like, this isn't going right. I don't want this in my life. I can't have it this way. Like, it's impeding how I function. I'm not being my best self because I'm more worried about them. That's when you need to set a boundary. But in those times when you're feeling that way, pause. Don't set the boundary then think of options but don't like dig in because that's when it's going to get too much you're in your head you're in the moment you're heated or you're angry or you're you're just you know you're feeling everything don't lead with the emotion take a deep breath revisit the next day or a couple days after you're done spewing and venting about whatever the situation is and then set that boundary think about okay what really should i try and like I said, start small. Don't dive into the deep end if you don't know how to swim because boundaries have repercussions. It might change something and maybe it won't, but there's a chance it could and you're not going to know until you do it because the person can't react until you do something. So it's like, think it through. Figure out what might be beneficial to you. Start small and if it doesn't work, you can always increase it. But it's okay to be selfish when you're dealing with self-love. It's okay to set boundaries and do them with you in mind first. I always urge you to think about the other person and their reaction. But when you're setting a boundary, you just have to do it sometimes. And it's not because you don't like the other person or you want to end the relationship. Keep that in mind. The root of a boundary is because you just need to alter something that's going on that isn't quite aligning. Try to communicate it. Believe in yourself and what you're doing. Take a deep breath and think through it clearly. And hopefully that helps you when you're setting boundaries. So that's all I have to share about boundary setting. So thank you for tuning in again and join me next week. That was your weekly dose of self-love with me, Lo. Want more? Tune in next week and connect with me on Instagram at Mrs. Lauren Elizabeth Jones. Send me a DM, let me know what you want to hear, what you think, and we'll talk about it all. Join me on the next Love Yourself Inside Out podcast.